Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. The Money Making Conversations interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, and overcoming the odds. More importantly, how to live a balanced life. That's what I preach on this show all the time. You can be successful, but I can have family there. Got to slow it down. Got to some time. Got to be about you. My guest is a double HBCU graduate from Tennessee State University and Meharry Medical College. She was an active member of the Black Panther Party during the late 60s and early 70s. She is currently the physician slash CEO of MedStop Consult Group, CEO slash publisher of Impeccable Magazine, CEO of GetYourRefill.com and Veterans Claim Services. GetYourRefill.com is an online prescription service. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the CEO of GetYourRefill.com, Dr. Alicia Kane. Good morning. Good morning, LaShawn. And thank you for having me. I'm very excited about um, the opportunity to speak to your um, vast audience. I appreciate it. I like the word vast. It's always good to be vast in this day and age because, uh, you know, social media, podcasts, you know, we're in an era where you can count, you can control your, your own destiny because of the platforms that are available out there to be able to visually and audibly uh, text and, and get words out and then and, and changes the game. And so, but I want to step back a little bit right now because I want to talk about your your career and your your academic training. You are a double HBCU graduate. Uh, notably, the last two years, I said last two years, there's been a, a huge momentum for the academic success, uh, capabilities, or uh, accomplishments that's being achieved by people who have attended HBCUs or currently attending HBCUs. Talk about your experience and talk about. Any motivational statements you can say about HBCU schools? Okay, so I graduated from Tennessee State University and also Meharry Medical College. Mm-hmm. Prior to attending Tennessee State University, I had attended Brooklyn College in New York, mm-hmm. which is not an HBCU. And my experience there was quite different from my experience at Tennessee State University. When you are in a majority school, and majority in quotes, you don't get the, I felt, I did not get the attention, I did not get the motivation, I did not get the help in career planning that I received at Tennessee State University. Right. And seeing people who look like you as heads of departments, as your counselors, as your, as your everything, it changes you. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to do better. It gives you hope. Mm-hmm. If they can do it, I can do it. Plus, they tend to have your same cultural background, so they know where you are coming from. Right. Relatable stories. 
relatable experiences. Right. Know about Absolutely. the challenges you will face once you receive this degree or currently facing as an everyday person of color in this country, especially during that time and especially the times we're living right now. It's just that the the, the curtain, uh, they say this is a magic show. You know, the wizard behind the curtain, we can see the wizard. He's actually, and now we're trying to let everybody know that we're tired of that same game. And both both Absolutely. in academics, perfectly in, a, in a, the, the, the justice systems and the uh, mm-hmm. financial system. But uh, I just want to bring up Meharry Medical College. That is a famous school for medical training. What makes that school so special? That school is so special, uh, very special to me, again, because that is a... Uh, African-American run school and you have the president is African-American when when my class graduated I won't tell you the year it was some years ago (laughs) but (laughs) we had the largest female ever at Mm. uh, Meharry at that time now Mm. it's probably Mm 50-50 and so the time that those instructors took with us just seeing again you are what you see Mm -hmm. And just seeing black doctors concentrated, caring about you, caring about your education, it makes a difference because I did my residency in a majority hospital. And the difference is profound. Wow. Qualified to compete. That's what we're talking about. Qualified to compete. Qualified to to compete. To excel. Mm -hmm. You know, when I when I look at the. When you talk about your class at the time, and I look at African American women today, um, most notably, if you want to slide into politics, more likely that Joe Biden's uh, vice presidential candidate is probably going to be uh, an African American female. And I, I look at a lot of the uh, cities that are being run that have prominent, creating mm-hmm. prominent voices: Washington mm-hmm. D.C., Atlanta, Georgia, Stacey yeah, Abrams. <laughs> you know, these 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 voices are proven to be very significant. And very mm-hmm. because we all know in the democratic world that the African American woman has played a prominent role in the vote, in the vote. And, and she absolutely has, and it's been ignored. It's not touted. It's not publicized. And that's what that's why you know one of the things where I got the opportunity to bring you on the show. I, it, it was it was your activism, your your strength, your your you know because we're going to talk about all your accomplishments currently. But I always say it's a journey to get through. I have a journey in my life, and when I when I talk about uh, the Black Panther organizations uh, that 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 something were, were basically uh, under siege by the government, were mis mis uh, bad propaganda was put out about them. You, when I see uh, when I see uh, white men going up to the state capitol of Michigan carrying guns, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then mm-hmm. everybody going, "I'm cool, aren't you cool?" Mm-hmm. 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 You know, but uh, Black Panthers were doing the same thing, and guess what? Shot at, killed. Arrested. Talk about your experience during that period, and and if you can pull back the curtain a little bit and let us know what exactly was the purpose and some of the things that was done to undermine the Black Panther movement. Okay, so as a teenager, I joined the Black Panther Party along with a lot of other teenagers, mm-hmm. and at that time, you had SNCC, you had NAACP, you had Malcolm X. You had Stokely Carmichael. These are all the people that I remember from my teenage years. Mm-hmm. And and during that time, the Black Panther Party had its own philosophy about, you know, non uh, don't lay the, you know, don't just sit there peacefully. Mm-hmm. That was the 
philosophy, but the other philosophy was community involvement. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that the Panther Party asked for all of those years ago, because remember, we're talking the 60s, early 70s. The first, one of the first things they said was an end to police brutality. Right. So what's going on now is nothing new. Mm-hmm. We want education. I'm trying to remember it from all those years. We want education for our people. That's not new. We want adequate housing and health care. These were the tenets of the Black Panther Party. And the Black Panther Party felt we could not get those rights because they were our rights. We all pay taxes without without some strong commands toward to the government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and that led to them being um, counter-programmed in a way with the media, uh, attacked by local police and, uh, and the government. And, and killed. And, and killed. killed. I've known people in the party who were killed. And that's the sad part about it. And, and the sad mm-hmm. part about it is that as I watch America open up, it's an old wound that's always been there. It's right. all, we've always. all people of color. You know, I always tell people when I walk in the room, oh, you know who I am. Okay, I am a black mm-hmm. man walking in the room. That is nothing mm-hmm. I can disguise. And so that right. means that I've had to compete against my own skin color all my life. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. And so you've, mm-hmm. you've been in a competitive world all your life as well. But that has not slowed your success story. Let's let's start with the Let's move a little bit from the medical. Let's move a little bit from the activism. Let's go to you being the CEO and publisher of Impeccable Magazine. Tell us about that. Okay, so... Um, I'm always concerned about the image that we have. Yes, ma'am. And I feel that our image is uh, not, we are not given the best image in mainstream media. And so as I have a daughter and I was, of course, I'm a black woman and the images we have, we just don't. We just don't see ourselves in a positive light. We don't see our hair. We don't see our beauty. We don't see our culture. Mm-hmm. So Impeccable Magazine was born out of the need to give black women, a, a black young women, a publication that they could see, that they could see themselves, they could see their beauty, they could see their intelligence. We also, we have also given artisans the opportunity to be published for the first time, a lot of them for the first time. Mm-hmm. You have writers, you have uh, stylists, you have photographers, you have models. A lot of them cannot get into mainstream media, so we have published them. We also have provided some scholarships. But the main thing is for the magazine, I wanted to, I strongly feel that you are what you see. Right. And you are what you don't see. Mm-hmm. If you constantly see negative images of yourself, then you start taking on that persona. So I wanted to give all women an alternative. And when you, I was growing up, I had to read Seventeen magazine. I didn't see me in Seventeen magazine. Absolutely, that's true. Now that's true, and that's that's important. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, because what happens is if you don't see yourself, you start trying to shift yourself to look like something that right. you're not, and you start to yeah. think that what you are is not right, or you start questioning, can you succeed with that look that you were born with? Right. And, and yeah. so that's really what, and, and I think some ways social media has accelerated that thought process, you know, plastic surgery in the African-American community mm-hmm. is on the rise. More people are concerned about likes, more people are concerned about how the position of their different body parts are, and, mm-hmm. and, and just, just, to, just to generate some type of a, a, a longing for, hey, this is me. And with your magazine, which I have up, you have know, departments like 
fashion, beauty, and hair. And I love the wig department, that wig section that you have in your in your. Because I got it pulled up on my screen, I'm able to talk about this. But when you talk <laughs> okay. about fashion, you talk about beauty, you talk about hair, which is the very core of not only just the African American community, but community of color. So. Well, why? Just before we go, we leave out of this break. You know, having fashion, having beauty, and hair. Expound on that importance of that imagery. That is important. That when we look, we see somebody like us. We see somebody that shares an experience or a culture that we can carry out the door and feel comfortable with wearing. It's very empowering when you see your images in a very positive manner. And it also boosts your self-esteem, which is going to help you make better decisions. But in the magazine, we also have articles on health. Mm -hmm. We feature each month uh, a black museum so that you can get further information in terms of, a lot of people don't know that there are a lot of schools that have black archives. So if you don't know your history, you can't move forward. So we have a feature each month. We feature women and men in the community whom we call unparalleled. They are successful and they have made significant contributions to um, the black black community. The fashion, beauty, lifestyle, we're unique. We're unique in that. We have a sense of fashion. My mom used to tell me, God rest her soul, she said back in the 1920s, we see on TV the flappers, you know, we see the Charleston. My mom said black people had passed that stage long time ago Absolutely. by the time it got to the 1920s. Absolutely. I'm talking to uh, Dr. Alicia Kane um, and also enjoying all these covers that are because if you go to the website, it just pops up all the covers. I see my boy Rick Party and Sasha the Diva on the cover. See my boy uh, mm-hmm. Bernard Brano on the cover. Uh, mm-hmm. Headcracker on the cover. It's a it's a it's a beautiful magazine uh, that should be viewed by all. You know, back in the day. You know, when we had Essence, we had Ebony and Jet. Right. That, that used to be on your right. living room coffee table. That had to be there. That was right. the magazine. Everyone. Ebony, Everyone. That, that established your, who you were as a black boy. Did that's you eat right. Ebony? Did you eat Ebony? Yeah, that's right. Beauty of the week. I the, missed Jet. The top I, 10. Right. The top 10 countdown right. of all the music in the industry. The, the TV right. shows, all those little sub stories. You just said, right. hey, Rashawn, that storytelling has to be current. Because if we, right. we lose who we're, the stories we're trying to tell, then we'll lose who we are as a people in the past, present, and we cannot have a proper vision for the future. And also, you're currently the physician as CEO of MedStop Consult Group. What exactly is that? Okay, so that's my private medical practice, mm-hmm. which I have a really busy bed, uh, medical practice, mm-hmm. and included in that practice is a veteran service. Uh a lot, a large portion of my medical practice is geared toward helping veterans get their medical benefits that they deserve or that they are qualified to get, but a lot of them have been denied. So they come to me, I go through all of their medical records, and I form a medical opinion that they take to the VA. I have argued for them all the way up to the Board of Veteran Appeals, and we have won. Because a lot of veterans don't know what they can claim, but when they are, when they claim it, if they got injured during the service, and when they claim it, they get denied. And so... I help them to reverse that denial. I help them to get their claims. Uh, I've been doing it for the past 10 years. Now, this is really kind of weird. Somebody went to service of the country, right? Then they come mm-hmm. back over here. Can you give us an example, like, like giving a name or we know exactly right. who you're talking about? 
give us a couple of examples of what, because right now I'm confused, you know, as to why you should be okay. denied somebody a claim when the injury was caused under during their service of the country. Help me out. So, okay. So what happens is the veteran, while he's in the military, right. if, if, he, if he doesn't go to sick call, then there's no documentation of his illness. And from what the veterans tell me, they're told while they're in the military, if you go to sick call, you're nammy pammy, suck it up. You know, they're discouraged, discouraged from going to sick call. So when they come out and say, oh, I have a shoulder injury, then the, then the VA will say, well, where's your documentation? Mm. So it's a catch-22. So what happens when I go through the medical records, I can pick up terminology that the veteran is, you know, he, he's not capable of picking up that terminology. Or I can go back and say, no, these were symptoms of this condition. Or, yes, he had this, even if I find one sentence. Mm -hmm. So he can be denied because when he comes out, they'll say, well, it didn't happen in the military or you had it before you went into the military or it was not exacerbated by the military. Those are the three types of claims, and that's my job. I tell a veteran, don't worry, it's my job to prove it. And we have, I don't even advertise, it's all word of mouth through the veterans, and we have like a 90, I'd say 97% success rate. Congratulations. Well, and I've seen thousands of veterans. Now help mm -hmm. me out here, because I'm kind of confused here. Okay, cool. Uh, the, I thought there was a medical plan. My, my younger brother, he served in the Army. And uh, if you had, if you, aren't aren't all former military men covered by a medical plan? Well, see, medical and 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 benefit medical right and claims are two different services. I get veterans that say, "Well, I was in the military, and I'm being treated in the military." Okay, they separate medical and claims. Claims is you're going to get a monthly check for your claims. Right. Medical, you're going to get medical treatment. Okay, so, so okay, okay, I see what you're saying. So you're saying that you're going on behalf of someone who has an injury that should get a, should, should file a claim. It's not so much about right. treatment; it's about a claim. It's about a claim, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. and getting a monthly check for injuries sustained during the military. And some of those injuries don't show up until years later. For instance, all the Vietnam veterans now, they know that a Viet in Vietnam, the spray caused diabetes, prostate cancer, heart conditions, and it might not show up until years later. So it's my job to know this to know all the rules, to know all the regulations, to know how you can win your claim. Cool. So just clear up for my listeners. This is not about medical care. This is about claims. It being a file a claim for claims. A, when you say spray, can you explain to us exactly what you mean when you say the word spray during the Vietnam War? Okay, during the Vietnam War, they had Agent Orange. Right. I heard about that. It was called Agent Orange, right. And it was a type of spray type of chemical that they sprayed on the foliage in Vietnam to kill the foliage. So it's like, so a, like, like, like weed killer almost. Right. So what happens is the veterans had to spray this, obviously. And a lot of them were exposed and the conditions didn't show up until years later. Wow. So yeah. now if you, if you're a veteran, you have, di if you're in Vietnam, you have diabetes, you have, uh, prostate cancer, you have a heart condition, you have certain cancers, you can put in a claim. 
Now that's that's something because I've you know I, I read a lot and I read about Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. I read about you mm-hmm. know just just being dropped down and uh, on mm-hmm. top of soldiers in certain areas to kill the mm-hmm. uh, vegetation. And like I said, it's just like right. me, it's that like me walking around because you know it's like me walking around my yard and, and, and using weed killer to kill you know mm-hmm. the, the weeds in my mm-hmm. rocks. So that, imagine mm-hmm. that being dropped down on you, right? And a lot of their military duty and they didn't get sick on the spot but years later and each area of war each time of war have different conditions so the afghanistan war the iraq war you have different illnesses yes you did coming from those wars and then the main thing you have ptsd and that was the gulf war right that's when you had the the burning of the uh burning right of the 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 all factors right Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And you was you was inhaling that along the way. I know my brother; right. he was serving over there at the time, and I was worried about that because, I, you know, let's put it this way: you inhale something, it comes into your body, it comes into your lungs, it comes into your bloodstream, and that's not going to be a good thing. And so, if you continue right. to live like that, just like the whole situation with coal miners and things like that, you know mm-hmm. now that living under there, inhaling, the, you might not see your enemy, but your enemy is. Into entering your body and doing damage, and that's really what you're right. about when you're trying to protect these, protect these uh, veterans with information and get around the bureaucratic nonsense that tends to that tends to block right. the opportunities to file a claim. How do you feel when you do that? That has to be really a good feeling for you, Doctor Kane. It is because I really respect and honor our veterans, and so many of them don't have the information. And sometimes I feel we may be more impacted than others, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. We don't have the information, don't know how to fight the bureaucrats. That's my job, though. Medically, that's my job. I know, I know the disease. I know how it's connected to the military. And not only that, you had contaminated water in Camp Lejeune. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of military military uh, factors that go into your current illness, and a lot of veterans just don't know how to get their claims or they were denied. Cool. I want to move to something that's very important. That's online prescription. Uh, you're the CEO okay. of GetYourRefill.com. Tell us uh, <laughs> the, the idea and tell us how it works. All right. So before I say that, I just want to make it clear. My baseline is as a medical doctor and I have all of these projects because I just I just have all this energy. Okay, so get your free <laughs> I kind of figured that, Dr. Kane. I gave out all these credits to let people know who you are talking to. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what happened was when the COVID-19, when this pandemic Started. I started getting calls from some of my family, mainly my family, my friends, and I started getting calls from former patients and even a couple of veterans. They said, Dr. Kane, we can't get our prescriptions filled. And I said, why not? We're on these medications. We can't get the, even the doctor's office had closed. Um, either they couldn't afford right now to get a, go to another to have another doctor's visit or the telemedicine, the appointment was like two or three weeks down the line. And these people had been on, some of them had been on their medication for years and they needed to get a refill because you have to have a refill in order for the pharmacy, you know, to give you your medication. Absolutely. Some people had, during the pandemic, their health insurance was discontinued. You also had people, and I've worked with these people over the years. This is not new to the pandemic. They are released from detention centers. They're released from prisons. They're given one month supply of medication. Then it's up to them to figure out how to get their medications from that point on. 
So you have a lot of people who in March just say we're released from prison. They have a 30 day supply. They have no way of getting another prescription because they're not even in the healthcare system pre pandemic. Mm. And so you have people with diabetes, high blood pressure, heart conditions, asthma, COPD, even some people with cancer that need to take their medication yes, and they can't get a refill. So once I started getting these calls, I said, hmm, that might, there might be a need for this. So I created a website, getyourrefill.com, and it's temporary. It's on an emergency basis. I did it just for the pandemic because I have a lot of other projects that I'm doing <laughs> and to help people out. So they can go to the website. They have to currently have been on the medication. I'm not going to prescribe new medication for them, right. and I don't prescribe for them narcotics. I do not do that, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. So if they are on diabetes, high blood pressure, they can upload a copy of their, just take a picture of your prescription off the bottle, upload it, and I'll write you a new prescription for a 30-day supply on an emergency basis mm -hmm. for a 60-day supply, excuse me. And I will send it, we will email it to the pharmacy of your choice anywhere in the United States. Mm. Mm. Now, why hasn't this been done before? I don't know, but when, you know, <laughs> you know when I, I see a need know, for something, it, I just jump into it. Because there's a need, if, I'm just telling you, sometimes, you know, because I'm on uh, different pills because I'm a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, so I have to go through the the challenges of sometimes contacting mm -hmm. my doctor exactly. and things like mm -hmm. that. And so when I, mm -hmm. so I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what they're concerned about. I remember I, I walked up to a, a counter and they go, okay, you're, you, you, we can't give you any more subscriptions. You have to mm -hmm. talk to your doctor. Mm -hmm. Then you contact the doctor right. and he hadn't responded back to him. And so you're like, okay, look here. I, I need my pills. I need my medicine. Right. And so, right. so, so, so basically go through it one more time. What one has to do to use the get your refill.com that was established for the code foot 19 period that we're in right now. Protect okay. your health. Protect your health. And, and I do want to say that if you're not, if you, if you are forced to stop taking your medication, again, there could be serious complications, strokes, heart attacks, Right here. Serious complications. Again, protect your health, diabetes, high mm -hmm. blood pressure, asthma, heart asthma. problems, or other right. chronic diseases are still very serious right. medical conditions. Get your prescription in any state. Go to getyourrefill.com. I'm talking to the CEO, Dr. Alicia Kane. Doctor, I, 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 we talked about a lot of stuff today. And we did. Which means that you got to come back on my show because I love talking to you. I really do. I love talking to you because I got one more product I want to talk about on your show. It's called the Wig Phoenix. Okay, talk it to him about it. Let's, let's get that in before we get out of here. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Wig Phoenix, I created this machine. I didn't create the machine. I created the method yes, using steam and the latest in heat technology. It's a portable machine that can fit on your counter. You put your wig in it after you roll your wig up, and your wig comes out looking like magic. Wow. So now, you take old raggedy wigs and we restore those old raggedy wigs to look like new. Come on now. You know, this yeah. is not something you tell me at the end of the interview, <laughs> Dr. Lisa King. That's a that's a I that's an interview stuff. Okay, cool. I would uh, love to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh this is wonderful. Uh definitely want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. Thank you You're for wonderful. Me. And I, I love your energy, love your synergy, and I love the your passion. Please remember don't change, okay? Thank you for coming on Money All Making right, Conversation. And I have We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations.
Calls today are like computers on wheels, but you can't fix any of the new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY. Or visit CarShield.com and use code MONEY to save 10%. That's CarShield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My guest. Uh, <laughs> when I was a writer and producer on the popular sitcom Sister Sister, yeah. where she starred with her twin sister. Now, let's let's just start going back years now. True. Now she's a serial entrepreneur, a social media influence, launched a vitamin company called Answers. She cooks, she bakes, she's all over YouTube and happily married with a beautiful child. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the star of Netflix number one most watched family show, Family Reunion, Tia Moore. <laughs> Before I say anything, I'm pretty sure you are still wearing those awesome suits that you used uh, come, to wear every single day come on, on the set of this. this y'all, this man would show up clean every <laughs> single day. <laughs> All the writers of t-shirts, you know, and yep. wrinkle blue jeans. Not Rashawn. Not Rashawn McDowell. Nah. No, not Rashawn. But nah. you know what? I never, I never forgot it, you know, because it's been years since I've known you. Mm -hmm. And I, that is one thing that I just remember. You know, you always came just willing and dealing, man, and correct. So. Well, you know, I, 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 I thank you for that. And I, I, because, you know, you guys played an important role in my life and also played an important role in, uh, in teens, especially black teens. Yeah. As, as young yes. teens who basically are coming of age story because we watched you grow up on TV. I, I carried you guys from high school to your college years when I was on the <laughs> yes. show, you know, which was funny, you know, trying to mature. Look at these girls yep. mature. Get some mature stories here. And uh, because y'all wanted to, y'all realized y'all, y'all role in life and and things like that and yep. and, and and but it was really a, a, growing up in that bottle it was a bottle because a fishbowl as some people say and, and being able to yeah. step out there and grow um as, as a as a child star and then becoming an adult star talk about that journey a little bit before we get into uh the actual a lot of the different story points i want to talk about you all the success yeah. that you're having right now mm -hmm. you know i really feel grateful and blessed to have had the parents that, well, have the parents that I have mm -hmm. um, during that time. Because as we all know, when you're a child in this industry, it could be really, really harsh. And, and the reason why I say that is because a lot of the time you don't see these, you know, young child actors make that transition. No. Um, you know, some of them end up, I mean, a lot of them ended up you know, there were suicides, mm -hmm. um, drug addiction, but my mom and my dad, they really, really protect us from that. And I think if I can make this long story short, 
what really helped was my mom used to always tell us, do not let this business define who you are as a person. And it, it was so beneficial to me because she made me realize that, you know, Hollywood is very fickle, meaning one minute you could be hot and then the next minute you could be not hot. So if you really hold on to defining yourself, um, you know, with, you know, having this, you know, success story at such a young age. And then when it falls for a minute, you know, you could find yourself in deep depression. You can find yourself going to substance abuse and, you know, suicidal thoughts. Um, I'm not saying that it was easy. It was very hard because like I said, it happens to almost every child actor. One minute you're on a show and making lots of money. And then the next minute you're not, and nobody cares about you. So my mom, she really prepared us mentally to allow us to see that, you know, you don't need to define yourself in that, you know, define yourself in your character, define yourself in your integrity, define yourself in being a good, kind hearted person and continue to work hard and go after your dreams and never give up. And that's what really, you know, that's what really helped me or guided me, you know, into being, you know, an older, you know, actor. Absolutely. And I, and I agree. Cause I, you know, I know her mom, she was on the set all the time. Yes. And I've been on sets with other children, child, child, child yes. stars. And sometimes the parents will show mm-hmm. up. Sometimes they wouldn't show up. And that affected yes. the, these kids that I see. Cause I've been, I've been fortunate to watch a lot of, I've been on a lot of family shows. So I've watched uh, yes. children grow up into adults and disappear or, or we have very angry mm-hmm. lives or, or what happened to my life oh, yes. or, or get pigeonholed. Yes. And she was always there. We always had great conversations and me while I was wearing mm-hmm. my stylish suits, you know, I had my suits on. I was talking to her mama. Just letting y'all know. But I'm gonna tell you some tears. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you yeah. some tears. This is this is what I really liked yeah, about uh, about what I'm seeing about your career. You know, is that okay. uh, the YouTube channel? I'm t- uh, you know, you got the, you know, you got everybody got social media. Everybody got social media. Okay, you know, you're popular. Yeah. You're supposed to have social media. Okay, you know, you got followers yeah. and all that stuff. TikTok, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, but. The, the YouTube channel is where you can really, when people start following you and subscribing to your yes. YouTube channel, 726,000. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, like you said, a lot of people have YouTube channels. But for me, where I always find success yes. is when I am just true to who I am. I never let anyone tell me what's, you know, hot, what's not. Right. I always go with my gut, meaning whatever I'm going through personally in my life, that is what I want to portray because with that comes authenticity. So behind the inspiration with my YouTube channel came me just wanting to create a community where moms and just women or just anybody in general mm-hmm. could come together and learn, you know, these life hacks that could get them through life. Because especially when you're a mom, a working mom, or just when you're juggling so many things, and you know, family is very important to me. Right. And I don't, I, I don't ever want, um, I, I, I don't ever want to lose that. And so I know that when you have a busy lifestyle, sometimes that's sacrificed, meaning spending quality time with your family. So I just wanted to build a community where, you know, people can go to my channel to be inspired and uplifted because I have inspirational talks on there. 
Um, I, you know, show my personal life, meaning my my daughter's birthday, right. um, you know, just to give them joy in their lives. And then also cooking. You know, I love, I love, love, love to cook. And for me, cooking is about bringing the family together and creating memories because that's what would happen with my family. And so I would find that a lot of people just didn't know how to do it. And they were so overwhelmed and they felt like they had to be professional chefs to get, you know, food on the table. So I said, you know what, let me just come out with a YouTube channel called Tia Mori's Quick Fix. And again, this was all me, like hounding. <laughs> like, I, I'm the type of person where I, the reason why I have the <laughs> career that I have to is because I don't give up, number one, and I hound. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people what I want. I don't wait for people to, you know, do something for me. I learned that at a young age, you mm-hmm. know, that if I mm-hmm. want something, I have to go out and get it myself. Absolutely, so, absolutely. I, you know, created the YouTube just for that. So people could, you know, be inspired and uplifted and and just have this safe community that they can, you know, talk to and share stories and learn. And it's powerful. And it's powerful. A lot of people understand that when I, when I would like to say, I interview people a lot. At least you know five people every week, and it's entrepreneurship, it's entertainment, and um, mm-hmm. and I and I look at you know here's the deal. She was born with a twin, okay, and so yes. <laughs> her sister was passionate about acting. You know, you knew yes. Tia when she hit that set. Where's the script? Where's the I script? Know. And and I knew because we used to talk. We used to talk. You know, we used to go out to eat dinner yes. sometimes. I took you to the shark bar. Y'all to the shark bar. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go to shock bunker. And and so and, and but you were still defining who you were. You know, yes. you had the talent to do. You was on a successful show. Yes. But I could always tell that really wasn't your passion because you had to mm-hmm. find something else. And now acting mm-hmm. is part of your passion. But when yes, you when you exactly. have all these talents, that's when I look at this YouTube mm-hmm. channel. I smile the most, Tia, on the YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, because I know uh, that's you. you. <laughs> I know, you know, that's you. That's me, your yes. lane. That's your passion. That's okay, yes. you know, come here. This is not yes. a script. This is yes. not a, a, a sitcom. Mm-hmm. This is not a reality show. This is nope. me. And 726,000 yes. and counting have said, we love you. Yes. 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 You know, we also have a Facebook channel. And on the, so all together with the Tia Mori Quit Fix hub or community, we have about 2.4 million followers. So we have 1.4 million. Yes, we have 1.4 million followers on Facebook and we haven't, we haven't even hit three years yet. Mm -hmm. This is just like two, two and a half years. We have 1.4 million followers on Facebook and then we're at like 450 something thousand on Instagram, Mm -hmm. but you are absolutely right. And you know, um, I was looking uh, at Will Smith's you know, mm-hmm. YouTube mm-hmm. channel. And he was, I was reading something about him and he was saying that, and I resonated because he was saying that he really, really loves doing his YouTube channel because again, there's no script. Nobody's telling you what to do. Right. I get to take control yes. of what I want, mm-hmm. what my content is. Mm-hmm. And I know my audience yes. more than anybody. Yes. Anybody. Yes. And I'm given <laughs> the power yes. to be able to, you know, create what I believe my fans will like and also create what I like to do. So that's what you're seeing. You're seeing that authenticity. You're seeing that enthusiasm. You're seeing Tia, you know, it. and it's great to be able to tap into that. And I, that, that's what I that, that's why I wanted to start with that. Just let you know that uh, I, I love watching it. I love uh, 
watching your smile. Aww. I love the different scenario. You know, you cooking, you baking, you you have your mm-hmm. birthday party. You know, that's just like if you was on the network, you can't do that. Okay, stick to the no. script. You can't bake one oh, episode yes. and and tie and motivate the next that, episode. You know what I'm saying? It. You can't do that. Not only that. No, and let me tell you something. <laughs> tell I'll, me, girl. I'll tell me. Real with you. Tell me. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I had a cooking show. Mm-hmm. I had a cooking show you know, on the cooking channel. Mm-hmm. With, <laughs> yeah, with um, called Tia Mori at Home, and mm-hmm. it was on the sister network of Food Network. Mm-hmm. And what was so, it lasted for three years, but what was so interesting was, and what I've learned as a businesswoman, mm-hmm. is when you're on somebody else's show, you're having to have to tap into their brand. Yes. So I had to tap into the Food Network brand, which was and is predominantly middle America, yes. which is fine and which is okay. But like I said, I really know where my my audience is. I know how old they are. Mm-hmm. I know their demographic. <laughs> and so it becomes a little stifling when you have to put yourself in some sort of you know box because I would want to do certain recipes. And they're like, sorry, we can't do that recipe because it doesn't cater to such and such and such. And I'm like, huh? Mm, <laughs> I know. But, but see, that's what's so beautiful about having your own you YouTube go. channel. On, You're girl. able to on, build your own boss brand. Lady. Come on, boss know? lady. False lady, deal. False team. False team. But yeah. But you know, it, it's so beautiful that you know, you know, all I do is marketing. I do marketing and branding, and, and I look at mm-hmm. individual talents, and I just see that you know that that's that's a mature decision because. It, that's what mm-hmm. I love about watching you grow. Because I think two Aww. weeks ago you was at seven hundred twenty-four. That's two thousand subscribers in less yeah. than two weeks. I'm just telling yeah. y'all, that's crazy. That, I mean, that is yeah. love. That is like people sharing. That means when you, because you know, YouTube yes. works like this. What happens is, it sends out notifications every time you upload a video. That's how YouTube works. Mm-hmm. And so then people will share these videos and they be inspired. And so I just I just know that mm-hmm. the, 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 when I when I see you taking control of your brand mm-hmm. and being able to have something Thank to you. say about your brand, that's powerful. Do not stop. And I, I don't want you to stop yes. doing television, but it's always nice to be Thank somewhere you. and say, you know something? I feel like baking today. You know, I feel like telling yes. moms. I tell us, go out there and stand up for your rights. I feel like talking to entrepreneurs today. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know something? Mm-hmm. I feel like going shopping putting a GoPro on my head and go shopping. Okay? Yes, yes. (laughs) But you know what, though? Also, Rashawn, it comes from, excuse me, for me, it comes from inspiration. Mm -hmm. Because I know that there are a lot of people out there that are moms and that are juggling, um, that want to know how to cook or want to know how to, how do you get around the grocery store? So for me, it's about showing how I do it so I can inspire somebody else to do it. You know what I mean? So yeah, like you said, it kind of becomes that chain effect. And then when people are inspired, they're like, okay, well, let me follow this girl, you know, Mm -hmm. because I can learn something from her. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, know, it becomes more than just being a fan. It's not a fan anymore. You know, you're, you are a uh, expert. You are a person that, uh, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Really, it becomes that you become, okay, you become an influencer. And an influencer is a very powerful term. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it's beyond being a follower. That means people, 
people value yes. your, your thoughts, mm-hmm. value the direction, value your opinion. And that's all we ever want out of mm-hmm. life. Because as an actor, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going to be truthful about this. Because sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, if you're out there just and you want an Oscar, people go, well, you're a great actor. You know, or she, mm-hmm. she's a real funny comedian. He's a great singer. Mm-hmm. And when this YouTube channel, see, a YouTube channel mm-hmm. is a different message. Okay. Mm-hmm. They value mm-hmm. Tia. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're right. And you know, if we were to get really technical, come on now, get technical, girl. Boss T. It's, <laughs> it's actually harder to build a YouTube audience. Yes, it is. Because of that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's harder for people to follow, um, to get that follower yes. from a YouTuber, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, on Facebook or on Instagram. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, very happy and very pleased with, you know, what we're doing over at, you know, Tia Mori's Quick Fix. And, you know, we have some other really cool ideas that, um, I can't share right now, but you know, cut oh, back to when we she were talking can't about share right now. Sister. That means you got to come back on my show. That, that's what that means. You know that. Too. Uh, yeah, of course. Okay, cool. But, <laughs> but but let, let, let's not digress. Let's talk about cooking because I, I brought you on the show to talk about okay. the, this book that I've actually I'm they sent me the book. You know, a uh, whole new Aww. you. Whole new yes. you. Okay. Yes. You know, I, I can cook. I'm just going to let you know. Your boy fly with the suits, but your boy okay. fly in the kitchen too. Okay. Award-winning baker. Ooh, you know what? I, I never knew that about you. I didn't know it either. I didn't know it to 2012. Okay. I'm just <laughs> letting you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, okay. And so, and so I went through the book and I've already tried some recipes. Okay. I'm going to just tell you. Oh, nice. I am a nut for the Caesar, for Caesar salads. Okay. So when I saw. Oh, yes. Well, Caesar salad has to be my all-time favorite salad. And when I saw Caesar really? salad. Really? Yes. I, I, and why is that? I, it, it's that? It's that little salty taste that you can get in it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it's, it's yes. a very simple. It's good it's, for you, too. It's, it's very simple. You just put a little lettuce, drop a tomato in there. You happy. You happy. That's a Caesar yes. salad. You know? Yes. Cream spinach. It's secondly, whenever I go out to a steakhouse, I always order the cream mm-hmm. spinach. I have never seen yes. a recipe. I'm not saying that maybe I, I maybe just wasn't looking. But when I saw cream spinach in your cookbook, your boy was super happy. <laughs> yes. okay. Now, this was this <laughs> one you went cut you on me, girl. You went cut you on me, and I made them. I ate them for lunch today. Smoky uh-huh. collard greens. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is my I ate them for you. lunch today. That ate them for lunch today, made them last <laughs> night. <laughs> I had this. Yes. What I had for lunch. I had me some. Uh, I had, uh, had me some cornbread. Okay. okay. I had me some macaroni okay. and cheese. Okay. Nice. And then I had. You know, I can make a mean mac and okay, cheese I too. I now I got a mean mac and cheese recipe. I, I hate you know what the you know what the key to the the to the the, 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 the mac mac and cheese. I love her. It's I love that her. cream of mushroom. Have you her. ever tried cream of mushroom? No, I have in not. In your mac and cheese. No, Ooh, I have not. You have to. It is so. I just got your book amazing. this week. I just got it this okay. week. Okay. I, well, that well that that's not the mac and cheese is not in this book. No. But you can find my mac and cheese online. There so you just go. look there up Tia Mori's mac and cheese. Tia okay, Corey's cool. mac and cheese. Okay. Here's here's the funny here's the here's the cool thing about it. Now, um, okay. I see you never follow my Facebook. But I, I got like I, I'm not Tia. Okay, I got like about eight hundred thousand <laughs> Facebook followers. Okay, <laughs> but a I'm lot. a but I'm a foodie though. Okay, like on Tuesday. Okay. I post Baker Spotlight. I've spotlight Baker.
bakers, every, everyday okay. bakers on Tuesdays and Fridays. Wednesday, I got my girl Chef Jamika. She posts uh, her favorite uh, recipes, and then on then on uh, then I do uh, uh, Rushan eats on Wednesday, and then on Saturday, Patty Labelle she she'll send me videos, and I post some of her favorite videos that she's cooking in. So, T, if you don't mind, I post some of your stuff on my uh, Facebook page because the people love I my would, food. If you go there, you say anything I that's posted with food, that. you go. This is crazy. They just love this dude when oh he's holding gosh. the cake. I would love that. Yes. I would love that. And, you know, my I, I tell you, I make my greens all the time. And I actually have another recipe on Tia Mori's Quick Fix mm-hmm. that's a shorter version right. where you don't have to, you know, kind of um, cook them for like three to four hours. There's right. actually a shorter version. And during this quarantine, I've made it several times. And I put some bacon bits like I make... Um, you know, I cut some bake, uh, cut up some bacon, and I, you know, saute that up so they're really nice and crispy. And then I throw that, like, just sprinkle Ooh. it all over the collard greens. Oh my, my God! God. Now, now let, let's so finish because because I'm gonna tell you, it's, it's, it's such a weird conversation in a good way because we're just talking and, and we're actually doing an interview here. You know that, right? We're not on the sofa. I know. We're not on. We have time. We're not on the sofa, too. Okay. Now. Here's something that really caught my eye. I am such okay. a huge fan. We're talking about your cookbook, Whole New You. Okay. okay? Roasted yes. beet salad. Girl, you know how, what a yes. nut I am for beets? I, really? My God. I, I love They're going so to restaurants. But every restaurant can't do beets. You know, they they're, they're make no. them into these big old chunks. And I go, really? Yes. Really? Really? Yeah. Do? Okay. You, you have to, you like carrots? Yes. Okay, you have to try the um, the uh, roasted rainbow carrots recipe. I make that several times, and that's so good, too. The thing about me and whenever I cook, and if you follow, you know, Timor's Quick Fix or if you, um, you know, look through my cookbook. And, and then the main thing about this cookbook is, you know, I, I – I, I wrote it and I was inspired because I was dealing with something called endometriosis and right. I absolutely mm-hmm. love food. But when you have a, a highly inflammatory condition like endometriosis, you have to stay away from certain foods that exacerbate the inflammation in your body. Mm-hmm. But for me, I love food. So my point is, is that even though it's healthy, it has to be very tasteful. It has right. to have flavor. Right. So that's one thing about, you know, these recipes that you will see that it's, you know, instead of using regular milk, it'll use, you know, non-dairy alternatives. Um, but you will not be sacrificing on that flavor. So my point is, is that the beets, the Caesar salad and the carrots, even though those are like more on the healthier side, they're so finger licking good because, you know, there's a lot of flavor right. in there. Right. I thought I'd throw that in there. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> you know, I'm, just going, I'm just going through what I, this is a quick, it's Tia's quick fix. This is Rashawn quick look in the, in the cookbook. Okay. Okay. And, and, the, and to close it out, you really, you really shut me down with the classic hummus. Oh my God. Oh yes. <sighs> oh yes. Oh yes. I love you know, hummus. I love hummus. I I, I will eat that uh, tzatziki too. Oh my god! Baby. Oh, you put them two in front of me, girl. I'm on. I don't know if I'm on a diet, but I'm eating like I'm on a diet. No, yeah, and you know hummus. You can you know you can do it so many you know different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know what I like to do is I just like to create some sort of um 
uh, like a snack, you know right. what I mean? I'll do the hummus right. and then I'll chop up some uh, cucumbers mm-hmm. with some carrots and then I'll put, you know, whatever olive choice that you like. And then you even can throw some crackers in there and that's what you cook the hummus on. Or sometimes what a lot of people do is they use the pita bread. But that right there is a very healthy, filling, delicious meal or snack. But not only that, do you realize when you buy hummus from the grocery store, those things, especially when it's organic, could be like around five, six dollars. When you make the hummus yourself, you can, you know, add more salt, more garlic or whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And it's cheaper. Yes. So, you know, I have a big old bowl. I put some I put it a cap on it. I I put it slide it in the center shelf of the refrigerator and just be eating. (laughs) I just and she's telling the truth now. See, when you make your own hummus, it's never a small portion. You make hummus. No. It's hummus. Yes, you do. <laughs> you get your celery stick. Okay, get that celery. Yep. I, be eating, I be eating. I be eating. So, yes. so, so know your boy Rashawn is happy. Okay. Okay. We got a few minutes Hi. left. We got a few minutes left. We got to talk about this wonderful family reunion. There's some other things we can talk yep. about, but I know I got. I cannot leave this. Talk about this sitcom. It's on Netflix, the number one most watched family show. Yes. A good friend of mine who I mentor, Anthony Hill, is one of the producers <gasps> on the show. That's my youngster. That's my youngster. Okay. And uh, I'm so proud of him. When I watch his growth, I, he, uh, he was from Houston, Texas. And he came up to me one day. He said, yep. I want to be a writer. I said, why are you standing in Houston talking to me? Okay. Wow. <laughs> He's, and I just wow. watch the success. He's on your show. So I feel I have a, an angel, you know, looking out for you, even though I, many years ago in the 90s, I was looking out for you and watching you grow. And you can see him. Watch you as an adult. See, I caught you as a, a, a teenager going to college. Now you're a mama. Now you're yeah. a mama on TV. Now you're a mama on TV. <laughs> he got you as a mama. <laughs> I know, but not just any mama. There you okay, go. first of all, <laughs> shout out to Anthony because, and that's so cool to know that you mentored him because mm-hmm. he is hilarious. He yes, has he me laughing mm-hmm. so hard mm-hmm. on set he's funny and mm-hmm. and it's it's a blessing to have him you know mm-hmm. on on set but you know i do play a mama but not any old kind of mama <laughs> anthony keeps me cool he keeps me the fun cool you know stylish hip I fun know, mama i know i know, I know. you so. wouldn't know that's my mama you know you wouldn't know that's my mama <laughs> you you know you was to your mama you know 2020 yeah. mama 2020 yeah. mama yeah but uh, 2020 you, it's great. Uh, we talk about that. We talk about the family reunion, which is on Netflix. Uh, yes. When I see names like Richard Roundtree, I see names like oh God. Loretta Devine. I see names Loretta like Devine. Tim Hopkins. To yes. be on a show with that much working history. Yes. Tell us about it. Yes. I am in heaven every single day. Mm-hmm. Like I love going to work. And Loretta Devine, I always say this is so cliche, but she is so divine. Mm-hmm. She's taught me what so amazing about her as an actress is it's not only as an actress just as a woman a black woman being in this business she's taught me how to she's gentle you know what i mean like loretta divine is so old divine but when she sees something that she doesn't agree with when she's not feeling something she will stand up Mm -hmm. and i just love to witness that and I tell her that all the time because you know she has to really get soft like this <laughs> but I, I, like I look forward to it when she like really like stands up for what she believes in and you know I've been in this business for such a long time and I, I'm going to be very honest with you from an actor standpoint I never had that strength 
Right. Saying, mm-hmm. nah, I don't, I don't know if this is working for me, right. or I feel like, like she's, you know, and of course she's earned it because she's a legend. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's so beautiful to see her just command a scene, command of a stage, just you know, be in her presence. And right. then Richard, Richard, when I say this is the coolest man <laughs> that I, he, this man, and I'm, I'm not kidding. He he has a cigar and he walks around with a cigar. Uh-huh. And what I love about him is, you know, we share trailers. So right, right, right. Um, I'm on one side. He's on the other side. And so whenever I come outside, I see him just sitting in his chair, just smoking his cigar and just laid back and chill and cool <laughs> as ever. He is just. And again, the thing that I love, what I've learned about Richard as an actor is. Just if he just has one line, you could tell that there's a huge story right. about that one line right. mm-hmm. that he's mm-hmm. given himself. And, and and I'll give you an example. That, and, and I haven't even told him this, but maybe I should. He was explaining Pi, you know, and just the way that he used his body and his body. What I mean by body is this is an actor, like his body language. Right. You mm-hmm. could tell that he was tasting this pie. And right. he had history with this pie when he just mentioned pie. Right, <laughs> and I'm right. like, I picked that up as an actor. I was like, wow. Like, of course, with a, with a script, you always have a backstory and you always mm-hmm. know what's going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. within the script. But he goes even deeper. Right. And you, you can tell that there's experience in history with whatever's coming out of his mouth. And I think that's what makes it so grounding. And that's what makes him just such an incredible actor. But as a person, he is, he is, he is really chaffed. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know, T, you know uh, I, I, you know, you know, we still, we, we talking here. I, I, I don't want these folks to think I'm talking in time of your time, but T, uh, okay. you know, you, you, you know, as I said earlier, you know, we didn't even talk about the vitamin company. We'll talk about that next time. No, other- wait, but I want to get that. Really okay, quick, let me get just get the vitamin out. Okay, so okay. anyway, so I have a supplement <laughs> line called Answer, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I can do this very quickly. Okay. So again, everything that I do is because I want to inspire. And mm-hmm. I inspire, I, what, what inspired me and motivated me to come out with this line, number one, was my personal health history with endometriosis. I already touched on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, how I was able to make the symptoms just become suppressed and just, you know, develop this wellness was I changed my diet. I started to take supplements. I started to meditate. I started to exercise and I saw a huge shift in my wellness and my health. Mm -hmm. While I was on this journey, I didn't see representation. I did not see women of color. I did not see diversity at all. So I wanted to change that. I, I was like not on my watch. So I decided to come out with a supplement line called Answer to encourage um, and to inspire women to take back and charge of their health. It's called Answer, insinuating you are the answer. After my surgeries with endometriosis, my doctor was like, yo, Tia, there's nothing I can do. You kind of have to start looking at your lifestyle. And that's exactly what I did. And I want to encourage other, you know, women and people to do the same. We have a women's multi. We have an elderberry, which helps with immunity. We have a kid's gummy, which happens to be my children's favorite. We have a men's line. We have a beauty supplement um, or beauty formula. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be coming out with several other amazing um, supplements in July and August. But, you know, you know, the key takeaway here is, again, I've learned to take charge of, you know, me being this entrepreneur, entrepreneur, 
I've learned to take charge of what I want to see in the world. I want to be that person to make change instead of waiting for someone else to make that change. Um, so there, there you have it. Wow. (laughs) You know, I'm proud of you. You know, I'm proud of you, girl. You know, know little little baby, little baby, little baby. (laughs) I'm proud of you. And here's here's the blessing. Here's the blessing. Come, 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 wrap it up. You know, wrap. I got 90,000 fan club members. I didn't tell you about that. Every Friday goes out. I'm a drop. Uh-huh. The answer, your answer.com, uh-huh. shopanswer.com, into there with a yes. with a band. I'm having my staff created today. It's going to go out tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a click through. You know, I support you. I believe in you. I thank love you, you to death. Thank you for coming uh, to my show, Money Making Conversations. And uh, girl, uh, keep, keep, keep winning. But I'm dropping that. And, and, and like I said, I'm a. I'm a so and tell, you, tell your team to send us like about your top 10 uh, cooking videos. If they can get it to us ASAP. Okay, sure. And I run them every okay. Saturday on my Facebook page. Okay. I just saw the new Netflix movie, The Old Guard. Wow. Netflix has done it again. And they're using some talent and outstanding black girl magic this time in Gina Prince Bitewood and Kiki Lane. Here's a quick movie synopsis. Led by a warrior named Andy, played by Academy Award winner Charlize Theron, a covert group of tight-knit mercenaries with a mysterious inability to die have fought to protect the mortal world for centuries. But when a team is recruited to take on an emergency mission and their extraordinary abilities are suddenly exposed, it's up to Andy and Nile, as played by Kiki Lane. You've seen her in If Bill Street Could Talk and Native Son. She's the newest member to join their ranks to help the group eliminate the threat of those who seek to replicate and monetize their power by any means necessary. Based on the acclaimed graphic novel by Greg Rucker and directed by Gina Prince-Bitewood, she directed Love and Basketball and Brown the Lights. The Old Guard is a gritty, grounded, action-packed story that shows living forever is harder than it looks. Please welcome the Money Making Conversations, the director, Gina Prince-Bitewood, and one of the stars, Kiki Lane. Ladies, welcome. Yay. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Gina, I love, I have six sisters, so I love female characters, first of all, and strong mentally and physical characters just, oh, just, I just love. And I have to give you an A plus on this. Tell us about the development of the female characters, because this, this movie is really physical and it's action driven. Mm-hmm. It was something I, I so loved about this story, um, you know, originally created by Greg Rucka. Right. The fact that these two women, Andy and Niall, are warriors, and it just is. There's such a normalcy to that. And for me, growing up an athlete, that's how I was raised. And that's, um, you know, all I knew, all the women around me were like that. And I find it really sad that so many women don't get to grow up with that mentality, grow up with the permission to tap into who we are. We do have that warrior in us. Um, so the more that we can see it up on screen, um, I think then you can see it for yourself and start to embody that. So I, I love Andy and Niall. I love what they have to say. And they both have different personalities. So Kiki, you play the role now, you know, and uh, it's you're five foot nine, physical, you know. So in this, you know, you really were physical in this role. Tell us about, you know, being invited. First of all, screaming that you got the job and then realizing the work you have to put into it physically to keep the job. Because <laughs> you were fighting there. You were fighting there. You were fighting. Hey, look, no, it was, I mean, I, I knew, I knew somewhat what I was mm-hmm. getting uh, mm-hmm. In terms of you know speaking to to Gina, she she made it clear at our director session, you know what she was going to to require of me, and I told uh-huh. her I'd bring it, um, and that's what I had to do. So it definitely, I'm like, there's some things you're not gonna quite understand until you actually in it. I'm like, oh, we training, training. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, we doing all like the weapons and flipping people and 
the guns and being in the gym all the time. Um, How long was that training period? How long was the training period? Like three or four months. Wow. Yeah, I think like three or four months. You got to check though. You got to check. So it's all good, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I did feel great. I mean, that's the the cool thing about doing this type of training. Like you are training your body. You are learning these skills. And I knew that I was doing what I needed to do to best, you know, to honor this character and to honor this story. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was very different. But I mean, I do it again. Oh, well, thank you, because you did a fantastic job. Gina, you know, Netflix confuses me because a movie like this, this is a big budget movie, okay? I, in my mind, I'm supposed to be in the movie theater watching this movie, you know? Thankfully, I got a movie theater room, so I'm a little baller here. But I just know that the, the, the whole game has changed, how you watch big budget movies now. And you would approach to do this movie. What was the whole thought process? And Skydance, you know, that's Mission Impossible and Star Trek. and Wow. Yeah. Talk to us about that whole journey. Yeah, when, when I first came aboard with Skydance, we were going to be at a studio. This was going to be theatrical. Um, but what's so interesting about the industry, you know, there is a fear of female-fronted action joints. Wow. That they're not going to do well, whereas Netflix was actively looking for a female-fronted action joint and offered us a hell of a lot more money. <laughs> it was. And, you know, there was still that thing, because I'm so used to the theatrical, I love the bigness. I love sitting in a theater being just enveloped in that collective, yes. collective experience. But the other argument was we make movies for an audience and you're going to be dropping in 190 countries. That's like crazy, the amount of, of audience. So the beauty about this film is that we actually get both. We get right. the theatrical and we get, um, the global release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when COVID, you know, goes away, finally, when all of us get it together and wear masks, um, it will have some theatrical. So an audience can get both. You know, it's really interesting, Kiki, your character, because uh, you're the new warrior, you know, and uh, Andy is the old guard forever, live forever and is traumatized. I really, I really enjoyed the whole journey because, you know, you still believed in God, you know, and, and your character, you still believe, you didn't understand more t- the immortality part of the game. And you had to make a transition in the movie. Talk about that whole journey and also giving us a credible moment where you understood you had to change or accept who you are. Um, I mean, I, I kind of just leaned into like that's again one of the special things about these characters i'm like yes they have this incredible ability but they're still dealing with things that we recognize you know on a very human level so for me i was connecting more to thinking of you know those moments where life just hits you and just turns your whole life upside down and you have to figure out you know how to move forward um and kind of leaning into you know seeing someone who who is struggling with that Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so I was able to, you know, it, it, it gave it, I don't know that that groundedness cause it was coming from a real place. I think we all can think of some moments where it's just like, right. really life, like, right. that's what you're going to do. And right. then those moments of struggling against it and then finally getting to that place of acceptance of like, Oh, okay. So this is, this is what my new life is. Wow. Uh, Gina, we're about to wrap up here. You had, you had to, when I saw the bio, I saw fight coordinators from John Wick, which I love that series. So I knew the hand to hand was going to be real. And then stunt coordinators from the end game, which I love the way that movie in and Black Panther and all that. The whole process of bringing that amount of talent together from a 
stunt coordinator background and a fight coordinator background with the talent, the cast you have. Wrap this up and just tell us the, the final experience of all this. Yeah, I mean, I've, I wanted the best and when you got I, it, you yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah. And the dope thing about those guys, they're so cool. They're so collaborative. They, they just bring out the best in everybody. And you know, what was so great is just the conversations we had even before we started designing fights about telling the story of each fight, knowing that they had to be character driven and emotional um, so that they meant something. And uh, I just, honestly, every day I kept thinking, what if I did not have, these guys, what if I did not have the best, what this film might've been? Um, right. They are there, everything, and I'm grateful to them. Wow. Kiki, any, any, any wounds that you want to tell us about that you walked away from the movie with that, you know, the money didn't cover it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, nothing that scares me away from doing another one. Awesome. The Old Guard, it premieres July 10th. Thank you, Gina. Black Girl Magic, I appreciate both of you. Kiki, be safe Thank now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. My next guest, he's on the phone, graduated from Lehigh University with a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism in 2013. That same year, he was drafted 10th overall in the NBA draft as a guard for the Portland Trailblazers. On June 25th, this professional athlete and longtime wine connoisseur launched his own wine label. He is investing his time to learn the ins and outs of operating a wine business. He is on the show today to discuss his new venture and his community work outside of professional sports. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man. I see him on TV all the time. Outside of just dribbling the basketball, that's not really why he's on the show. He's here because of what he can do with his mind. Please welcome C.J. McCollum. I appreciate you allowing me to join, man. It's a pleasure to, to be able to have a conversation. So right now, where are you based at? Where, where, are, you, where are you hiding out at, my friend? Right now, I'm in Oregon. I'm actually getting ready to head to the bubble in Orlando uh, on Thursday. So I'm packing up and, and kind of getting my life in order. Now, what exactly when you say the bubble? You know, I, I'm a guy, I read, I think I know. When they say the bubble in Orlando, and we know that it's roaring down there with COVID-19 in, in Florida, what exactly does that mean when you say Because I know you was part of the executive committee. Yeah, basically, I'm heading to Orlando. Uh, I'm going to be staying uh in the in the yacht club, there's three separate hotels for 22 teams, about 350 or 360 players, give or take, uh, including staff. It'll be about I don't know, 1,100 to 1,200 people on campus max. And by the bubble, I mean we can't leave. Once we get there, we're subject to testing daily. We'll be tested every night with results coming in the morning. Um, upon arrival, you basically get tested in your room. Mm-hmm. And you have about 24 to 36 hours and you receive another test and you can't leave until you receive two consecutive negative tests. And basically your only job responsibility is to, you know, conduct yourself in an orderly manner, handle your business, go to practice, um, perform in your games and stay out the way and then try to avoid uh, testing positive for coronavirus while pre performing at an exceptionally high level mm -hmm. and continuing to, to speak out on the injustices we're continuing to see and face as black members of society. So I think that's, that's been my goal uh, throughout this entire process. That's been the goal of the executive committee and many of my peers is to figure out how we can continue to play, continue to uplift others while inspiring, but also understanding that we have an important platform that we can utilize uh, to the best of our ability to really, really spread light on some certain injustices that, that we're facing as a society. Now, when you now they told when I was reading the article, it was talking about some uh, some names or some slogans will be on the, your basketball jerseys. Or did I misread that? 
No, you didn't misread it. Uh, the NBA and the MBPA have come to an agreement on allowing us to have a little bit of uh, creativity with the backs of our uh, jerseys. Uh, basically, the NBA agreed upon a list of certain names and or phrases that we can put on our jerseys. So for the first few games, the uh, phrase will stand alone. So it'll be phrase and number. Mm-hmm. And after, I don't know, two or three games, it'll be phrase, number, name listed in that order. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's amazing that we have an opportunity to kind of shine a light on certain things, certain issues that we're facing uh, as a society. And uh, for me personally, I'm excited about it and think this is a step in the right direction for us collectively. Not only will we be able to generate money for many causes and people who are in need, mm-hmm. but we'll be able to have those ongoing conversations that are needed in society today in order to help take strides toward making the world a better place. Now, I know you went to a, Lehigh is a private college, a private university, correct? I, I think it's considered a private institution. Mm-hmm. Now, Bachelor of Arts in Journalism. So when I when I we hear the word journalism, I hear a uh, very uh, probing mind. I hear it in your voice, a person who wants to get answers. I hear it in your when you when you communicate and you're very analytical. What drove you to journalism in college and get that degree in journalism? I actually started off in the business school. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother has a has a business management degree. He graduated with honors from Goshen College in Indiana, and my mom was really big on you know, certain types of, of majors that can produce certain types of jobs. She right. didn't want me to be under the stereotype of professional athletes with majors in journalism takes the easy way out, per se, especially when you come from an institution like Lehigh. So right. um, a few weeks in, exactly. So a, a few weeks in, I basically realized that I wasn't a big fan of the equations. I wasn't a big fan of sitting at a desk for the rest of my life. And I wanted to be more interactive and, and have conversations. So... A long story short, I told her I wanted to switch my major. She asked me what I was going to switch to. I said journalism. She proceeded to ask, what are you going to do with a journalism degree from a university like Lehigh? <laughs> and I said. <laughs> I understand why. You know, she's about the economics. She's about the economics now. <laughs> exactly. She's thinking, uh, my son's going to a prestigious school. He's going to be a business manager uh, of something of some sort, a man- in, in major in business management. So right. I told her that my plan is to first figure out how to portray myself and my words in a certain manner in which people can understand it. And second, I want to be able to tell stories, not just my stories, but the stories of others. And I told her uh, this will, this will help me really truly understand people, understand my words and, and say what I mean and mean what I say. So she made me write or something. And she said, if it was good enough, she would allow me to switch my major. Long story short, it was good enough. I was able to switch my major. I majored in journalism. I minored in mass communication and sociology. And now I have a, a, a great way with my words. I know how to articulate in a manner in which it's appropriate for all sides of the fence. I can talk in a barbershop. I can talk in Wall Street. And I can talk with the homies. So right. I felt like it was a, the best of both worlds. And it still allowed me to kind of pursue my passion because I knew I wasn't built for that life. Although I can thrive in in, in that type of environment. I felt like I enjoyed writing 30 page papers as opposed to studying for equations and exams. And that, that's kind of where, you know, I fell on that tree. Well, I, I respect that. My, my degree is in mathematics. You know, I graduated with a degree in mathematics and, uh, but I didn't start out 
in mathematics. I started out in civil engineering and I bounced around till I found myself. And I, I commend you at a young age, you was able to look in the mirror and say, that's not what I want to be. That's not what I feel a passion for. And now but when I hear you talk, CJ, I hear a very worldly voice. What other platforms are you using to just, you know, just, just express your personality, express your point of view and share it? Are you in the podcast or you have the radio shows? What are you doing besides social media? Yeah, I've done all those things. I started off my my collegiate career working for Lehigh Sports. I interned for Lehigh Sports and um, basically covered all games, all sports and activities. I wrote for the, the school newspaper, the Brown and White, and I was an executive editor of the Brown and White, the school newspaper. And then once I was drafted to the NBA, I did a daily diary with Sirius XM Radio for a while, so I basically had my own radio show. Mm-hmm. I transitioned that into to working for iHeartRadio and did that for two years and also hosted uh, – Jamming 1075, Portland's number one station for hip hop and throwback. So I basically you did that. You did that. I I did that. I put together playlists. I interviewed uh, different artists, and I turned that into a podcast. Right. I created the Pull Up Podcast with Jordan Schultz, and we basically did 107 episodes, and that was a two year agreement that's now up, and now I'm in, in negotiations for extending my podcast for another two years, where we talk about life, sports. Mm-hmm. current events, wine, TV shows, books, and so much more. So I see, uh, am I talking to a young producer here, a young television producer, <laughs> a young uh, documentarian? What am, I, what am I talking to, CJ? Because, man, you're special, dude. I, I, I love to just throw that compliment out there uh, because it, it's something that you own, that you wear, that you talk about, that you discuss. Just give us some insight a little bit about you. Uh, was it your mom that, 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 that fostered this, this curiosity and this, this, this ability to see things? with a third eye talk to me about that yeah i was just always taught to take advantage of your situation um use the game don't let the game use you and i think my mother she instilled that in me at an early age uh, mm-hmm. basically letting you know that society isn't ever going to be fair to you you got to make your own path and create your own way wow and you have to do it by using all your resources um, not just basketball but use your education use everything around you in, in order to, to really take advantage of your situation. And if you want to be successful, it's going to come from understanding the principles that she taught me, understanding the principles that come from the Bible, understanding, uh, understanding the importance of, you know, two eyes, two ears, one mouth. And as the youngest, youngest sibling, uh, I learned a lot from my older brother, who's a professional athlete. He's played abroad for over 11 years and mm-hmm. is a business management major who's, you know, I've idolized him since I was a kid. I've watched my mom work two jobs. I've watched my mom run her own insurance business, work for the state tax department for 15 years, working a total of 32 years. And I was in a position to allow her to retire. Mm. I watched my dad work in a steel mill for 30 years, 115, 120, 130 degrees in, in some of those cranes and you know, doing what he has to do to provide for his family mm-hmm. you know, because his father died at an early age. So I watched all that growing up, understanding that I wanted a better life for everybody. And that in order for that to happen, I had to take advantage of my situation while also utilizing my skills, not just um, talking, not just listening, but performance. You know, you, you have a certain skill, a certain athletic ability, you take advantage of it, but you use that athleticism to empower people, use that to, to reach new networks and also use that to get an education. So I was able to kind of parlay that into where I am now. And that's just a credit to my, my surroundings, my mother, my father, my brother. 
And um, without them, there is no good version of me. Now, in 2016, you opened the C.J. McCullen Dream Center. Tell us about that. That's one of the things I'm most proud of in my career, being able to, to partner with the Boys and Girls Club, mm-hmm. uh, an organization that was so instrumental in my development as a youngster. You know, they played a role in, in providing me with a safe space. So I wanted to do the same thing for the kids um, here in Oregon, uh, basically talking to them, communicating with them, and gaining a better understanding of some of the things they're lacking and some of the resources they may need and being able to provide that. Uh, we started with uh, culturally relevant books um, because there's so many kids who oftentimes are forced to read books um, that are written by people that don't look like them and, and that are about things things and uh, people that don't come from places like them. So we wanted to first kind of fix that and then provide them with computers, provide them with certain technology, coding, mm-hmm. uh, different things that they may not normally be exposed to and while providing them with the space to, to, to attend and be a part of pre and post uh, school. That was, that was really, really big for us. And I think what I'm most proud of is that we've been able to, to open up two of them so far. One of them is focused more so on journalism. So mm-hmm. they're able to, they're able to print things. They're able to do green screen. They're able to produce their own podcast. They're able to produce their own music. They're able to produce their own stories while conducting interviews uh, in in what's similar to what you would see at a weather station or a news station. Right. So I'm, I'm extremely proud of that. And I, I'd say the icing on the on the cake is that we've, we've been able to collaborate collaborate with a couple coding companies, mm-hmm. so where the kids are able to receive free coding. They go through. Uh, they go through the the year program, and once they finish, I think two two to five students are in position to receive a job that pays up to seventy thousand a year with no degree. So I think that's something that I'm extremely proud of because it, it teaches kids, you know, from inner cities, kids from from underpoverished areas and underserved community areas, um, how to code, and then it provides them with an opportunity to to make a living for not only themselves but their families. Wow, that's hot. Let's go. Let's let's make a transition to the wine connoisseur. Okay. Now, in your bio, Mr. CJ, they said you are a long time wine connoisseur. I'm just gonna let you know I'm from the hood. Okay. If somebody said they was a long time wine connoisseur, they was called a wino back in the day. I'm just gonna let you know that. I'm sure you're not a wino. So tell us what a wine connoisseur is. I mean. They use that line, that adjective, the stretch for me because you know me. I grew up in the hood too. We drink wine, <laughs> up, drink the strong stuff, and still drink the strong stuff. Just for the record, just to, just to set the record straight. But I've evolved. My palate has evolved, and I started drinking wine about eight years ago, seven years ago ish, and I've continued to figure out ways to learn more about the grape, to learn more about what Oregon has to offer, and learn more about what the world has to offer. So. I'm, I'm thankful to have a partnership with Alistair and, and be able to to bring McCullum Harris 91 to life, which is a 2018 Pinot Noir that was harvested um, in Oregon in the Willamette Valley, more specifically the Chehalem Mountains. Uh, it's, a, it's a great Pinot. And I'm just thankful I've been able to, to learn so much about so many things that I wasn't exposed to as a child. I've been able to diversify. I've been able to educate myself and I really, really establish so many things outside of basketball that I'm extremely proud of for my, for my legacy. And, but you know, th- th- that's a short story there about what you just did, but just, let's, let's slow it down a little bit. Okay. How did you went from enjoying something, tasting it, and then somebody tapping you on the shoulder and say, Hey, you can, you can not only enjoy what you drink, but you can make this as a business. How did that happen? 
Besides you being a famous basketball player, I'm sure that helped out a lot. But I'm sure, like you said, you're trying to learn the ins and outs. Walk us through that early stage of of somebody telling you about it and then you believing it had a credible lane for, of opportunity for you. Yeah, I'm I'm fortunate to be surrounded by some great people um, in general, from my agency to my family, to my fiance. We, we have a, a great circle of of people who do things the right way, who are like-minded, but who are also in the business of, of figuring out how to educate, how to, how to process what you're, what you're being educated and how to really turn that into a profitable business. So mm-hmm. just based on, you know, certain conversations that we had, we figured out what I wanted to accomplish, how to go about accomplishing it, accomplishing it and who I should, you know, potentially go into business with. And we found the, the great partnership with Adelsheim and, and their biggest thing is, education, sustainability, and those are two key things that I focus my life on. Right. I like to educate, and I believe um, in collaborative learning experiences in which we're, we're making the world a better place. And based on their practices, based on what, what I was told and what I've been able to see so far, I've been able to learn more about wine, to taste certain wines I never would have been exposed to, to potentially produce my own wine and be a part of the entire process with a winemaker named Gina who's been exceptional. Uh, and educating me and bringing some of the things that I wanted to like. Ashley Combs from Excel has, has done a tremendous job of, of helping lift this wine business off the ground for me, right. um, helping me, helping me in, in terms of selecting um, a PR team, helping me in terms of selecting a wine company, helping me in terms of selecting uh, the proper designers to do the bottling, the proper designers to do the labeling, the proper designers to help me come up with the name in general. So mm-hmm. there was a lot that really went into this process from start to finish, from from the original taste a, a year and a half ago to now. It's crazy how much I've been able to learn, uh, not only about wine, but about myself and about Pinot Noir in general. Now, a former teammate uh, really helped me, was involved in it as well. Evan Turner, I believe, uh or was it was it instrumental? Et is my guy. Yeah, Evan he's Turner. in Atlanta, right? He's in, he was the, he was the Hawks now, isn't he? Where is he at now? Yeah, yep. He was with the Hawks, and I think he got bought out mm-hmm. and uh, is now currently a free agent. But mm-hmm. um, I actually, my fiance introduced me to wine in college. I got drafted by the Portland Trailblazers. The first Pinot Noir I ever tasted was Walter Scott, which is a volcanic soil, and it was from Bryant Creek. My current Pinot now that I released is volcanic soil, and one of the grapes that we chose was from Bryant I'm going to tell you something, CJ. Your whole personality has changed since we started talking about wine. You know that, right? You, you, you're sitting Man, on the that's... edge of your chair right now. You're probably sitting up straight. Excited. That means you're passionate about it. You're excited about it, right? I'm extremely excited, man, and, and it's crazy because one of the I went to a winery with my when my fiance when we first got out here, and then you fast forward, and Evan Turner and I went to a winery, and that's when we really dove deep into the learning phase of the barrels, the grapes, how long should it fermentate, how much alcohol should go into it, mm-hmm. production, did they stomp the grapes, how do they destem, what's the rotation like on a bubbly versus uh, a red. How do you how do you produce a red? How do you produce a bubbly? Should your grapes be south southeastern facing or southwestern facing towards the sun? And we went through like this whole thing, and that's when I really wanted to continue to figure out ways to learn more about it. To to the point where I educate myself, I read articles, I watch Netflix documentaries on Psalms, and I try to do blind tastings and just explore 
as much as I can. And I'm, I'm thankful and blessed to, to be in a position where I can venture out and, and travel and, and experience wine in so many different regions. Uh, I'm really, I'm really thankful for that. Now, with that being said, now let's talk about the name. It's Heritage 91, right? That has some significant rights. Yes, it's McCullum Harris 91. So I put my name on it because legacy is huge to me. Um, I, I want my kids to really understand uh, what we've been able to accomplish and how powerful the, the mind is. Um, heritage is huge, understanding where you come from, what you come from, and, and your history. And I also grew up on Heritage Avenue. So that, that kind of took me, took me back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 91 is my birth year. And the flower that's on the bottle is my fiance's favorite uh, flower. Oh, yeah. So kind of oh, put everything smooth. together in one. You to, smooth, to CJ. You smooth, man. <laughs> hey, man heritage flower. Man. You're romantic, my man. Romantic. <laughs> now you said Netflix. Now did you see the movie Uncorked on Netflix? I I haven't. I haven't oh come on, on CJ. Come on, man. You got to see that. You will love that movie, man. I saw it twice. It's outstanding, man. You got to see Uncork. It's uh by the is written, directed, executive produced by my man Prentice uh Penny, who executive produces Insecure on HBO. Uncork, you gotta watch it, man. It's outstanding. Oh, if, if you're a wine connoisseur, if you're a wine connoisseur, you gotta watch this. Funny. It's oh. a a father son story. It's a family story, man. It's passionate. It's uh, entertaining. Uh, but because you are a a wine connoisseur, the language you are appreciated. It really is a great movie. It's called Uncorked. It's on Netflix. You gotta watch it. Okay. Say no more. I'm done. I'm in. Cool. I'm gonna do it. Now here here's my whole thing. My wife, you know, she's a big wine connoisseur herself. You know, I actually then they threw away all her corks one day. I didn't realize how much how much passion and how much love she had for those little corks she kept in this little boot in our in our kitchen mm-hmm. in our Houston home. One day I just came in, just got tired of looking at the corks and thought I'd just do some manly stuff and discard them. That, that really had a bad week for me there, CJ. It wasn't, didn't go good for me that week for your boy. But what I want to know is how does one get or purchase your wine? Let's go there. Let's start marketing. Let's start selling. Uh, that's that's an awesome question. Anybody that's interested in purchasing my wine can visit McCullumHeritage91.com. That's McCullum, my last name, Heritage91.com. You can sign up for the newsletter and basically receive updates, learn more about my wine, learn more about wine in general mm-hmm. when you can purchase it will be available to be purchased in September. Mm-hmm. It's a limited quantity, only a hundred cases. It'll go fast. It's yes, it will. Go like grandma cheesecake. It's gonna go like like grandma <laughs> candy yams at the family reunion. It's gonna go like your great great grandma cornbread. That's how fast it's gonna go. I'm a, I'm a cornbread and buttermilk guy, so you got me there. Now, now this is gonna be in September. We just it launched, but it's gonna be available to be sold in September. Now, I know you've been in the middle of the bubble, right? games playing in NBA during that period, right? I will, I will be. Hopefully we're still playing at that point in time and, and still continuing to chase the championship. Awesome. So, so what I'm saying to you is that I got, you know, I got, I got a little following here. I got like almost a million social media followers. I got a fan club of 90,000 fan club subscribers. I send a newsletter out twice a month. So I want to support you. 
I'm a, I already told you I'm a fan of yours. Now, just this interview has only sold me on the CJ brand because you're a brand to me, my friend. And I want, and if you ever want to talk to me about anything in life, man, uh, if you if you Google me, you'll see. Uh, that's all I do is marketing and brand stuff. And I I mentor a lot of people, and you're one of the people I would love to keep in my life because, man, you you've been raised right, man. You talk right. You, you got your head on your shoulders right. And I know life after basketball is going to be an exceptional for you, CJ. No, I appreciate those words. And, and offline, I'm going to make sure you got my contact information. I'm going to reach out and, and, and definitely take you up on that advice because I like to be around like-minded, successful people who work hard, do things the right way, and have morals. Yeah. The only way you're going to stay in touch with me, if you don't watch Uncork, I'm going to kick you to the curb now because I know you, you're front <laughs> on me. You know what I'm saying? See, when I recommend people to to do something right that they're going to enjoy it's romantic you sit down with your girl you know she's a she got a she got a flower on the bottle of wine y'all just uncork that wine and said Rashawn said it was worth watching it baby let's go and check it out and you enjoy it man but thank you for calling money making conversation cj man really um uh I, I just I just I just find you talented, man. You're just an exceptional and uh Chris Paul, one of my boys, man, and uh you you're in line with that Magic Johnson, that's my boy, you know, and uh, you know, I've had Equal Dollar on the show, you know, what he's doing with uh the tech world down there in Silicon Valley, man. You guys are, are leading the way. And uh of course we you know we can't forget what LeBron's doing. But again, there are other people outside of what he's doing that's doing exceptional stuff in the community, and you're a true leader, man. And don't change okay please don't change absolutely i never will man. i remember where i come from and where i come from so that's that's the key to staying grounded but i appreciate those kind words and I'm going to for sure be reaching out and staying in touch. All right, my man. Thank you, uh, CJ, for calling my show. Calls today are like computers on wheels, but you can't fix any of the new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY. Or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. My next guest is a serial entrepreneur, mental health advocate, certified life coach, and global motivational influencer. She is the founder of New Leaf Number no. 1, which is a, which is a veteran-owned. She's from the uh, U.S. Army. Veteran-owned premium CBD store that uses organic and vegan products. All products can be purchased without a prescription. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the founder of New Leaf Number no. One, Jacquees Jennings. Hey guys, how you doing? How you doing? Yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. So you Georgia bred, you Georgia bred and born, right? Georgia bred and born. I am from Atlanta, born in uh, Georgia Baptist. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, you served some time in the Army. That's why we had that note about is a veteran-owned premium. My my younger, my oldest, my, my I have two. Uh, my youngest 
brother, he served in the Army, and I have my nephew, he has a very popular barbecue stand called Big Six Domino. He served time in the Army, and I, so I'm a, I'm a fan of the military. I had a big Air National Guard contract where I held all the recruitment and retention for the Air National Guard, so I like to believe that uh, I'm an advocate for the Army. Talk about your uh, military experience and how important it was, it was to you at that time and how you use what you've learned from it into your everyday life today. Wow. Um, I I joined the military short after high school. I tried the college thing, but I'm one of those individuals that think outside the box. So okay. I'm like, I needed to figure out life because I had moments where I was in school and it was teaching things that was not applying to my actual realistic life at that moment. Right. And so... I decided that um, I wanted to take the route as, you know, through the military just to see the world, just to experience different things. Because when you come from a background where it's not properly set up for you, you have to figure things out. You can't always do the blame game. Right. Right. And so I decided to go into the military. I did four years active duty. And that was a journey. I've seen so many things. Um, where, where did you Where did you train at in the army? Where about what part? You so, from Atlanta, Georgia? Where did you go to train? South Carolina. And you were stationed so Fort where? Jack, I was Fort. I was stationed at Fort Lewis, which is in Seattle. Right, right. So you went from the south, trained mm-hmm. in South Carolina, and next thing mm-hmm. you know, you're in Seattle, Washington, which is really a different <laughs> part of the country. Uh, rains a lot. Beautiful part of the country, a lot of woods up there, kind of like Georgia. Georgia has a lot of woods down here. Tell us about that 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 experience of being in a. That's what I love about travel. Travel exposes you to a lot of different things, different different cultures, different eating habits, and all that. Tell us about that journey. You know, going to at that moment, I had never been anywhere to be honest with you so it was a it was a shocker to me because going to seattle is completely different from the south 100 percent, nothing is the same the restaurants is different the people there the culture is different the walk of life and the mentality is different so i had to change as i was there because i was so used to my way i was so used to what was introduced to me that i had to learn new things i had to you know have a different taste palette because you know the food was different um the way that they do things was quite different and as i was going through my journey in the military i was tested so many at so many times because it's different you go through things that you can't speak on um you experience things that's going to change you forever and the one thing that i truly appreciate from the military was the genuine friendships I was able to build. It wasn't a color. It was just humans that just built a connection. And that was considered your family, your battle buddies. And so I went through so many things, but I also lost a lot of friends too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it puts you in a different um, perspective on life. And it also teaches you how to rise above, grow up and let things go. So, you know how a, a normal people hold grudges. Right. Once you go through the military, you learn how to let that stuff go because people's lives are not promised. Mm-hmm. You're not promised to see somebody the next day. Mm-hmm. So you have to let things go very fast because you want to enjoy those moments that you have and those experiences that you have with people because life is not just pretty. You know, I understand that sometimes social media 
and TV will put on these different perspectives as if this is how life is. That's completely not true. Mm-hmm. You know, that's entertainment. It's a difference between entertainment and reality, right? Absolutely. So I was going through the journey and um, while I was in the military, I went through a really dark moment. You right. know, I, it depression? was a lot going was it on. Depression? Depression. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, it was a lot going on. It was, you know, very controversial. It's the same things that happen inside of the real world happens in the military, whether it's race, whether it's anything else. You, you go through a lot of things inside the military that is not truly spoke on, but it, it truly will develop you mentally and it will give you a sense of dedication, hard work and a sense of respect for a lot of different cultures, right? right? But as I was going through the journey, I went through a dark moment of depression because here I am, I'm a young female, you know, just turning 21. I moved away. I don't have no friends, no family, nothing. And I'm in a whole nother, on the other side of the world, and I'm going through things by myself. And it got to a point where I couldn't pick up the phone and call my mama or call my brothers or tell them what was going on because... If I did, I would have stressed them out and they couldn't save me. They couldn't come pick me up. They couldn't remove me from my situation. So I had to go through it. And um, I remember going through those moments of depression. And let me tell you this. I didn't know what depression was. I heard about it. I read about it. But it was like something that you read about. But until you go through it, you don't understand it. Because the fight is getting out of depression. See, it takes you a minute to sink into depression because half of the time you don't even realize you're depressed. You're going through things and you think that's just a part of life. But once you get in it and you recognize it, it's a battle just trying to get yourself out of it. And I remember that moment that I I was able to truly define what depression was Mm -hmm. and how I was able to get out of it. I remember one day it had got to the point where I would just get up and go to work and then sleep. Right. All I did was one thing I knew how to do was go to work. But after that, I would sleep my days away. Mm -hmm. And I woke up one day and I looked myself in the mirror and I said, you either going to kill yourself or you're going to push through. And when I felt when I said kill myself, I'm not saying literally I'm talking about mentally because you have so much to offer. And sometimes we get caught up in our own illusions, our own thoughts that we start to create these different things, create these different methods, or we'll start thinking that people feel this way about us, not knowing that they're going through their own thing as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll start projecting stress, projecting different things that we're going through. And so I told myself, I have too much to offer. I'm an amazing individual. Look at all these people that are counting on you. (laughs) Look at all these people that come to you for advice. You are somebody. You mean something to somebody. Now you got to dig deep inside and start to have that value for yourself. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, that's how I got out of it. And so that is how I got to the point of wanting to uh, write a book called Life After Depression. Wow. Um, when I when I hear you talk about um, depression, you know, I don't want this to be about, um, you know, dark moments in your life because your life is upbeat. You're a motivator. You, you, you're willing to step and tell 
your sincere side of your story, which I think is important because a lot of people right. don't want to tell that story. They want to like make it right there. Oh, everything's good. Everything's good. And because you got to, everything's not good. My life is not perfect. And so on this show, I'm willing to tell, expose my flaws and my success stories yes. as well. Yes. And so that's why I wanted to talk about the military because a lot of young people make these decisions to go into military. When I was doing the recruiting and retention for the Air National Guard, it was, you know, I, I, I remember I had an opportunity when I came out of high school to get a scholarship to attend the MIT um, school. And when it came to, you know, uh, the whole thing about uh, serving your country and the potentially losing your life in the service of your country, that that backed me back. And so because that's a that's a big decision to make, that you're willing to, you know, expose yourself in a position in the defense of your country to give up your life. Did you understand that when you were, in, you know, uh, enrolling in, the, in uh, registering for the military, or it was just something you just wanted to do? Absolutely not. Um, um, I was told a million dreams from um, recruiter. Because, um, but you got to understand now that I'm an adult, I understand they had a job to do as well. They, you know, it's a it's a reason why they're recruiting. They have to recruit a certain amount of people to keep that job, or mm -hmm. else they back to active duty. So. I was told so many things. Oh, my God, you're going to get to go to school. You're going to get to do this. You're going to get to travel around the world. And if I could just give advice to anybody, let me tell you something. If someone decides to go into the military for the right reasons, I say absolutely go for it. I don't know about right now, right now, but I'm just saying, you know, if you decide to do it, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. Make sure your core values go along with what you're trying to do. Because I went in just wanting to escape my life. I mm -hmm. wanted to escape the streets. I wanted to escape things. I wanted to just, you know, become a better person for my family. But I should have still dug deeper on the main reasons of what was going to be my motivation when I got there. Because you don't know what you're going to be faced when you dropped off. And that bus stops mm -hmm. and they tell you to get off that bus. That's when things get real. Right. Life for you is completely different. So it was a journey from stage one to stage two to going to different places, going to Virginia, having to go to sleeping quarters, having to share quarters with hundreds of people, having to have your personal space taken away from you. It's a mental journey that you have to go through and you have to be ready for it. Wow. Now you're up in Seattle. Now you're back in Atlanta. You have a very successful business, a CBD store. What exactly is a CBD store? What is that? So CBD is called cannabinoid. Um, it is one of the top ingredients in a marijuana plant. So basically... I am in the marijuana industry, if you want to look at it from that perspective. Um, inside of my store, um, we have products that does not have TAC products inside of it. But we're also going to be coming out with a line that has TAC because we understand how certain individuals need it. Mm -hmm. CBD is cannabinoid, and our endocannabinoid system has receptors for CBD, which is crazy because... Why wasn't this always legal to us? Mm -hmm. Why did it take so long is the questions that so many people have because CBD has saved so many lives, whether mm -hmm. it's a person who has anxiety, depression, epilepsy, autism, diabetes, you know, pain. So it's just a revolution. It's amazing. It's one of the most amazing products that I have ever been introduced to. And how I got into the business was a unique journey for me. 
Okay, now you know you just just gonna set, just gonna make that statement. You just gonna stop talking, and, and you know yeah, you know how to talk. Come on, now. it was a new unique a uh, unique journey for me. Period. I had to I had to pause on it. So what, <laughs> I had, what happened was when I was um, starting to get out the military, right? Being in Seattle, um, there's nothing but dispensary, so marijuana is legal there. Okay. And so I, you know, I never been a part of a state where people smoke marijuana and still went to work on time. It did not change nothing. Everybody was around it. They had marijuana in hot sauce, lotions, um, candy. It was everything. And people was functioning as if and the dispensary was a size and target. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like walking in, getting what you need, leaving and going about your day. And so I started to, you know, learn it and really find out the math behind it. And I remember one day my mom was in pain. And she had went to the doctor, you know, they'd be giving out all these pain medicines. So I took the label, I gave her some pain cream and I took the label off and I said, oh, mama, they gave me this. And I told her to try it and it worked. Right. And it was nothing but uh, CBD, you know. And so I just had to let her know sometimes it takes for us to try something different. Just because a man tell you to take a pill don't mean you got to take it. Right. You got to just step outside the box and start doing research on what you're intaking in your digestive system. Right. And so as I was going through it and I was learning the business, um, I started working for this great um, corporate company and I was doing so well in that corporate company. They moved me to another place, which back to the South, which where marijuana CBD was no longer legal. Mm-hmm. Now, as I was going through my journey, um, one day I went to the doctor um, the eye doctor and I needed some new glasses because I was still using the glasses from the military. And the lady told me <laughs> that the pressure in my eye was so, was so strong that it was, if I'm either on drugs or something is wrong. And mm. I'm like, ma'am, I'll let you know if I did some weed or something, but I don't do drugs. You know, I don't do drug drugs. You know, that's just not what I do. <laughs> now, and so, what's, what's drug drugs, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't do that other thing. Right, we right. Don't do no, you, you know, you do no a little... Coke in there. We don't, right, we don't do right, that. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I ended up going to go get an MRI. Mm-hmm. And uh, I later found out, I got a call one day. I was sitting at home. I got a call and the doctor was on the phone and they were sounding so stressed out that they made me stressed. They was like, you know, Miss Jennings, um, we wanted to see if you have some time to talk. And I'm like, what's up? And it was like, uh, we wanted to let you know that you, we found that you had a pituitary gland tumor. The size is large and we might have to do brain surgery. Mm. Man, I'm young. My heart dropped, you know. I remember everybody's just in the living room. I'm crying. I'm like, I just, the feeling just came back. I was crying. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take all my money, go to Africa, travel. You know, my life is over. First of all, you just go take all your money and go to Africa. That's, that's what got me laughing. All of, You got the Caribbean. You got Hawaii. You got uh, Mexican Riviera. I'm just going to take all my money and go to Africa, Rashawn. That's what I'm going. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. And I remember my mom told me, she said, girl, she said, you are stronger than that. She yes. said, first of all, them doctors don't have the last say so, and you need to look more into your situation. Right. And so at that moment, at that moment that they told me that I started to make myself sick, stress mm. started to build up, my my thoughts started to change. And once again, that whole little circle roller coaster was there until I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this to myself. So I started to talk to the doctors, do more research. 
And then to find out that the doctor that called me with the information was a, a doctor that was in training, first of all. Mm. So that was the wrong that was the wrong procedure there to have someone in training to call me and deliver some news like that. And mm-hmm. so as the journey went, I mean, I can't even count how many MRIs I didn't have, but to find out by the grace of God, my tumor was benign. So right. cancer free. Mm-hmm. Um, as time went by, I started doing my whole, my own holistic ways, CBD, different things like that. And I went back, the tumor was not growing. They was like, well, Miss Jennings, you, you're fine. We're just going to keep monitoring. And at that moment, I started to notice that you are the creator. You create those thoughts and you create what mindset you're going to be in when the doctor tell you bad news. They do not have the last say so. Mm. So at that moment, that's when I'm like, wow, CBD came back to me again. Mm-hmm. Remember, I'm like, okay, I left it. Went to, started a whole new thing because I couldn't do that dispensary. I'm in a state where it's not legal. Now the CBD part comes back to me. And then as time went by, 2018 came, the farm bill passed. Now CBD is legal in Georgia and we can sell up to 3% THC. So as I, you know, was doing well and I was transferring, you know, going to different places, my last location where I got transferred from my job was Atlanta, my hometown. And I remember having all these employees. I had did very well for myself. And I had so many people that would come to me for advice. I had my peers. I was helping people come up with their plan B and C. And I'm like, you over here speaking life and to everybody else, what are you going to do for yourself? Mm-hmm. How are you going to manifest things for yourself? And so that's when I started to create new leaf. And one day I, I was sitting in my office. I picked up my purse. I locked the door and I never returned back to corporate. And after that, I made a decision that I'm going to live for me. And I had so many people telling me, I can't believe you quit that good job. I can't believe what you're going to do. How are you going to eat? What, what, I always, people tell me that all the time. What is a good job? Man, I don't even know what that I, means. I don't even know what that means. Because to me, I was working so hard. I didn't even have time for to have a life. I mean, I had money. But I didn't have time to enjoy and have experiences. So I didn't look at it as a good job. To me, my mind frame, I work to enjoy life, not work to pay bills. That's something that's already known that you have to do. So I wasn't enjoying the position that I was in. I was stressed out. And I had to remove that from, I had to remove myself from that situation because of everything that I had been through. I had to start creating a life for myself. And I'm like, you know, this is my passion. I can help assist people with healing. I can motivate people. I can help heal people. I can talk to people and tell them about my story. And that's how I got to here. Wow. And look at God. Wow. This is it's crazy to see no, that No, it's not crazy. It's, it's it's you know what I what I consistently hear in your voice, first of all, you're you're authentic and you're down home, which I love. And I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm a Southern boy. And uh and it rings true in your tone and and like I'm a I'm a cancer survivor. And so, mm. so I, I know when it, I know what you felt like. I was laughing at you about Africa, but I know when they when they told me I had cancer, I had some places I wanted to go too. Okay, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and because you just never know, because I don't care what any when people tell you that term or cancer or tumor or anything that's cancerous, it always feels terminal. Because right? I don't because mm-hmm. you don't think about who survived. All you know is that cancer people die, and yes. so and so yes. and so 
when that happens, and then it happened to you at a much younger age than I was when I discovered it. And But when you find out about it, it does put you everything in perspective. And I, I like to uh-huh. believe that if the, one of the greater levels of perspective is to say, you know, some, I'm going to do what I want to do with my life because it's the only one I have. I, I, I like yeah. to believe that was one of the driving forces to your passion right now and why you're successful. Now, in opening up this CBD store, what were some of the obstacles of opening New Leaf Number 1? Oh, okay. <laughs> don't you don't you do that to me? <laughs> so let me say, when I decided to do this, I I wanted to have a business partner. Yes, ma'am. I did not want to go into this by myself um, because to run a business with one brain is very challenging. And so I was talking to many people, and everybody was like, "Oh, that's dope. That's what's up." Da 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 da. Right. Mm-hmm. But no one wanted to put no money in. People like to reap the benefits. They don't want to, but they don't want to go through the work. Right. And so I got tired of trying to sell my dreams to people who I thought was going to benefit from it. I stopped trying to, you know, wait for somebody to give me confirmation that this was a go. And I said, well, God, I'm going to need you to be my business partner. I'm going to need you to assist me with this because this is my first rodeo and I need your assistance all the, all through it. I need you to cover me in the blood as I continue to move forward because sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. And when he, when I had that talk with God, I felt it. He told me to go. I literally felt like I heard a voice that said, move, like go, do what you got to do. And I'm a, I'm a make sure you're okay. And when I tell you, I decided to make that leap and things started to fall into place. Now, let me tell you, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like it was easy because I remember coming into this building that I chose and having to paint walls, do the floors. And I was crying while I was doing it. My back was hurting, everything in me. I was, everyone who said that it was going to help, some people didn't show up, you know, um, (laughs) having to get contracts. But you you know, the thing about it is that it didn't stop you, though. It it, it, It didn't. Here's the beauty. Let me ask you this. Okay, can you buy your products online? Yeah. Okay, cool. So can you do me a favor? Okay, because I'm a fan. Uh-huh. I'm a fan. Jacquees Jennings. Because um, uh-huh. I, 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 I've been going through, I, I saw you featured in Essence. I saw you featured in uh, EUR Web. You know, you've done a great job of promoting your brand and being on my show is another angle of getting the word out. That, that I commend you on that because if people don't know about your business, then guess what? People can't buy your business. Okay. Absolutely. And so I have a newsletter that I, I give out every Friday at 9 a.m. It goes out to 90,000 followers. I like to put a nice little on Online ad in there is free of charge as part of the whole thing of why I created Money Making Conversation. So if you don't mind, give me a banner ad and so I can start promoting your brand and, and help you and let you know you got a friend on Rash- and Rashawn McDonald is willing to build your brand free of charge. Is that cool? That means that means so much to me and blessing your way. That really means a lot to me because I really want people to start healing. And it's not even just about being a black owned business. Right. Mm-hmm. I want people to start to be able to just think for themselves and pay attention to what they put in their body. Because when people start to find out how these medications are approved through the FDA, they'll start to actually read the ingredients inside of their bottles. Right. Because I love the I love this. The, the, it's kind of like a green, uh, like green brown bottle design. It looks really cool. looks professional. Everything looks wonderful. I'm just looking at images on the various ads and things like that. I just I, I, I love what you're doing here. I love the fact that you don't have to have a prescription to buy your product. I love the fact that I, I, you know, I have some good friends who are doing this as well. But 
you know, you're one of the few females who have cracked that glass ceiling to go out there and do this on your own. So I'm going to yes, do my best. I, I got six sisters, so I got to help out one more little sis. Okay, I'm, I'm going to throw you I, in the little I sis bandwagon. Is that, that cool? That's perfectly fine with me. That's perfectly fine with me. I appreciate you. And so, again, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation, Ms. Jennings. And again, you are special. Your motivation is on point. Your honesty is off the chart. And your authenticity is a blessing. Okay? I appreciate that. And I'm sending you nothing but love and blessings. And I, I pray that God keep you covered as well, you and your family. I appreciate you. We talk soon. Okay. If you want to hear All more right, episodes bye-bye. of Money Making Conversation, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. 